Welcome to Exploring Mind and Body with Drew Tadia. Drew is an expert in nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and more. And he wants to help you live a healthier, longer, and more active life. Now here's your host, Drew Tadia. All right, welcome to another edition of Nationally Syndicated Exploring Mind and Body. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of our True Form Life community. Today I'm bringing on James Roberts, a very interesting guest. He's traveled all over the world. He was actually born with a congenital disability called femoral dysplastia and a floating hip on the left leg, as well as scoliosis of the spine. He grew up on a NATO base in Belgium, but now resides in North Wales. He's an online training and nutrition coach by trade, but was an elite Paralympic athlete for just over a decade. He says he's been lucky enough over the years to represent Great Britain at countless world championships and two Paralympic Games. As you can tell, James has a great story. He's got a lot of different things going on. He's open and honest about his disability and about his successes at an elite athletic level. So he's traveled all over the world. Very cool stories, and he's going to share them all with us. So sit back and enjoy. We got all that coming up. This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Tadia. All right, welcome to another edition of Exploring Mind and Body. Today we have James Roberts joining us today. James, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Andrew. It's our pleasure. I don't even know where to start. We got so much to talk about. Uh, James had had the pleasure of coming on your show for an interview, and you are a perfect fit for our audience as well. So it was a no-brainer to have you on our, our show. So again, we appreciate your time. James, why don't we just jump into it? Why don't you tell us who you are, what you do? And give our audience a chance to resonate with you a little bit. Well, Drew, to to, to well to to summarize myself uh, briefly, uh, I'm an online training and nutrition coach, formerly a two-time Paralympian, and also, as you mentioned, host of the Mindset Game podcast, which you were a guest on. So, for when you talk about nutrition and I mean, where do you where do you specialize, or is there something in particular that you work towards when you work with your clients? Um, I think it's the general, as you probably hear lots of the times, it's the 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 I think the, where people are coming from is generally weight loss. They want to use the term loosely of toning up, which you've got to kind of reframe them the mindset of okay. Those both gonna come hand in hand. You're gonna lose weight and you're gonna add muscle, so you've got to train the training their clients' perception, how they perceive their body and, and kinda of going that way as opposed to looking at it, oh, I need to lose as much weight as possible and then add the muscle on afterwards. So mindset is something that that you that that's interesting to you. What is what's your show called again? The Mindset Game Podcast. <laughs> right. So that, I mean, I'm sure that has a lot to do with the way you teach and what you do. Why don't we take a step back and why don't you talk about your journey to being an entrepreneur and to working with individuals? What was your past like and how did you get to where you are with nutrition and fitness and helping people live healthier lives? Um, if we go right back, 
I think it stems back from my childhood. It's, it's, it was, oh gosh, this would be the early to mid nineties now. And it was, that was probably a craze with people looking to improve their health. And it was my parents changing how they perceive food and eating. And for me, it's become, well, a lifestyle choice. And that's where it stems from. Obviously, a you could say a mindset towards nutrition, and people do ask me from time to time, "How has your nutrition changed from being from a child to going to go on to be at the elite level and a performer?" I've said, "Well, not really. It's not really changed because my base layer, uh, the foundation, is already set in place as a child, so I already know how to eat a balanced diet." I would say the only difference between, okay, even to this day now, that 10-year career at the elite level and as a child is probably the quantity of food that I was eating. And so what is that like? What does it look like for you growing up? Did your parents, they helped you learn more about nutrition? Were they always giving you healthy meals? And as you got older, you started to learn about it yourself? Um, I, I would agree with that. I would, because there was, well, I would say that, the education and knowledge, well, we're talking about 20 years now, is probably not what it is today, but to teach me the basic skills of, oh gosh, fruit and veg, uh, salads, obviously the balanced meals. Um, we talk about, oh, well, if we go back 20 years, well, the eat, the eat well plate was probably relevant now. Uh, I know they still teach that in schools today, which is, I think, all well and good, but it's it's kind of outdated. They need to kind of move with the times and educate kids on what is actually more nutritional, nutritionally viable to, at this moment, whereas as opposed to teaching them something that's 20, 30 years out of date. Uh, but to answer your question a little bit further, Drew, I think if we go later on in my career, not career, but my life as an athlete, I got asked when I was at university, how can you kind of eat the same meals over and over again? Okay, I'll, I'll probably go into that a little bit depth in terms of that. They, I think the veg portion of it didn't change very much, but the meat, the meat would be either like, I don't know, pork, um, chicken or fish, and I would alternate it. But I kind of said to my roommates, the, my perspective of, on food is not the same as yours. Mine is solely fuel. That's how I perceive it as an athlete. It's doing its job to serve a purpose. I'm coming home from training. I'm only looking to refuel. I don't care what it looks like. Uh, to some degree, probably taste would be <laughs> uh, would be pleasant. But whereas nowadays, I would like my, my plate to look nice, uh, taste good. I wouldn't say I won't go as far as you know the stage things you see on Instagram and things like that, because I think while you're making something to be perfect, it's not. It's 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 serving a purpose to keep you healthy, keep you in the right frame of mind, and all that. But that's that's how it's kind of evolved throughout my life. So when when you were younger, how, at what age did you know that you wanted to play sports and continue on and be an elite athlete? Um, I think it would probably be, oh, I've been very, I think it helps twofold coming from a very sporty family, both my mother's side and family, uh, father's side, 
were quite obviously didn't get to the heights that I achieved. Okay, but th- there was that family background of, of doing sport to quite a high standard. Be it uh, my mum was county level over here in the UK. My dad played high school. Well, Uzi, free a letterman in free sports in high school. So, uh, well. I probably say I've got quite quite good genetics from <laughs> from that one. But to answer your question in terms of how did I get into sport, I think I was at that pedigree. You could say I was in around kids who were very sporty, and it only seemed natural. I liked watching sports, and it was probably a dream of mine to to kind of get to those heights. I think it was. Uh, when I became a teenager, I kind of reevaluated. Okay, I've got a disability. This may not be a realistic uh, or attainable goal of mine. And it was one of my coaches when I was swimming approached me and asked, "Did you think about doing disability sport?" I think I took it both ways. I think I'll take on board what you're going to say to me, but I was quite shocked because I was in an able-bodied club anyway. And I was able to compete within reason with them. So I'm thinking to myself, why would I want to do this? Compete. And I think had that, it's probably challenging authority to some degree being a teenager. But the Paralympics, I would say more so in the UK, and not in the media, weren't, weren't in the media spotlight, gosh, in the early 2000s like they are today. So the perception I would have it of today would probably be totally different. Whereas back then, it didn't. It was probably not on the same and equal footing as the Olympics. So maybe I looked down upon it because you. Well, I didn't see very many other disabled people anyway. So okay, they're out there, but I didn't perceive myself as disabled to to, to a lesser degree because there's not there's well at that age. There wasn't much I couldn't do, or I would at least try to do it. And it was kind of, it's kind of gone from there. I took on board what she said to me, uh, and kind of, if it wasn't for those comments, gosh, I probably wouldn't be speaking to you today. (laughs) So what was it like? What did, did you played sports? What kind of sports did you play? Or you said there wasn't much that you couldn't do. Were you playing on teams? Um... Well, I, well, not specifically teams, but I would be heavily involved, be it in PE, do, I don't know, gosh, what would I think we were talking about 15 years ago, <laughs> uh, be basketball in PE, okay, I would maybe change the rules up slightly so I wouldn't put myself as so much at a disadvantage, so play, maybe play half court, um, futsal, um, obviously, for the ones that do know that, it's, it's an indoor version of, of, of soccer or football in, for the Europeans. Uh, and I think there I actually did fry because people assumed, oh, you've got a disability, oh, you won't be very good. So I would sometimes <laughs> play as a forward. And in that version of the game, there is no offside. So I, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to utilize my disability to my advantage. I think some some of the kids were probably uh, misguided in, in in their perception of me because they know me for years. Shouldn't let me get away with some of these. And then when we started hitting the post and things like that, they started defending more and a little bit better. So it's like, well, I can't 
take my disability for granted. I'm going to utilize it to my advantage. And then, but to answer your question more specifically on the sporting front, uh, I the first sport I did actually, gosh, we're going back. I think I was about eight or nine years old. Was karate. Still a little bit of discipline, um, not self-respect, but to be more understanding of others. Okay, I think I was a little bit mischievous, and that didn't work out. And it was not until I was about eleven, I think it was, uh, my mum decided to put me into swimming because of the nature of it. James, I'm losing your volume there. Uh, I'm not sure if there's anything you can do. It might be the connection. Um, maybe just say something. Uh, oh yeah. There you go. Okay, I lost you on when you said what you they put you into karate and didn't really work out for you. Do you want me to start that whole bit over again? Sure. Uh, I started out in karate at the age of eight, and I think due to I was probably I would say an extrovert to some extent, but I was quite mischievous and that didn't work out and it was a few years later my mother decided to put me in the sport of swimming and she saw that as a sport that I wouldn't be at so much as a disadvantage whereas oh gosh you name them off uh, basketball you name I my disability is going to be a limiting factor because I'm not going to be able to keep up and that kind of was the starting point of well my sporting journey I did that for eight years in the end and as we touched upon five years later the coach t- t- talked to me well why don't you tr- why don't you try disability sport and from then well the, kind of my elite sporting career kind of blossomed so did you deal with any type of depression or like you talked about the mindset a lot was it challenging to be like i'm i'm different or i'm not able to do the same thing other people can do or, or other athletes in this regard maybe oh. Not, not particularly depression. I think that's where, where that's probably arisen. It's probably been in my later life, say my late twenties, well, even early thirties now, that's where it's probably reared its head. Whereas back then, I was of the mindset of, I'm going to give things a go. I'm going to try and find adaptations. And I'm not going to let my disability hold me back. Okay, there, there was probably that rare occasion as a teenager. And this is where it perplexes me even to this day. Um, I wouldn't wear shorts in, say, the spring and summer months in school. But we wear shorts in PE. And this is still to this day, it fathoms me thinking, I had the perception that other people would... Not stigmatize me, but have assumptions of you have a disability. So it was maybe some insecurities I had, and it dawned on me. I think it was probably about my junior year. It's like, well, the only person you're affecting is yourself. Nobody else has to put up with overheating, sweating, and that discomfort, but me. So, and and then from that day on, I've raised it to other people uh, with disabilities. They've said. Um, I think we, well, God, it was about a couple of months ago, the person asked me, the person said, oh, you shouldn't have shorts on. You should have trousers on to cover up your, your limb. Thinking, well, you shouldn't feel uh, the anxiety and stress of having a disability. 
the person that's got the problem is the one that's bringing out those comments. So I kind of said, well, you shouldn't stress about it just so much because the one that needs to put their, their kind of thought process in check is that one coming out with them comments. You've got the problem. You don't have to look at me. You can stay your, your gaze somewhere. So if that was me, I would probably fire off a comment as well. It's like, okay, you chose to look at me. You've got the problem. You don't <laughs> have my direction. So I think it's because I've become comfortable with my disability. Oh, gosh, it probably helps that I, I was born with it. I've, I've probably had those, those problems. Uh, I'd say probably my parents probably had those, um, outlandish comments being said to them and things that are probably even worse uh, things said than that to them down the years and I've probably not had to deal whereas you have kids come up to you in the street how did you uh, how did you acquire your disability I don't care you can ask me any question under the sun it's more the parents that feel um a little bit uh, apprehensive or, or, or shocked to ask the question. It's like, well, the kid's going to be of that nature to be inquisitive. And it's probably a question I might have heard hundreds and hundreds of times. I've got no problem with it. I could make it up and say I've been bitten by a shark or something like that. <laughs> I come out and it gets it going. But I've got no, I've got no problems. Do you to, ever do that? Do you ever have what? fun? Have fun with it? Make fun with it? Um, <laughs> At times, yeah, because you want to see what kind of reaction you're going to get. I don't think I've done that in, in a couple of years, but it'll be like what, like really extreme cases or I might have done it with, say, um, freshmen or things like that, just to mess with them. It's like, okay, how much can I get away with it? You'll believe me. We've got comment <laughs> thinking, okay, do you believe really what I'm saying? So it's how much you can get away with sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes the show once a week or even twice a week just isn't enough. So if you want more content, if you want to know more about what we're doing at True Form Life, you can find us on Facebook. We're on there posting at least twice a day in the morning and the evening. That's at facebook.com slash trueformlife. Or on Instagram, that's kind of my favorite platform. I like to post my food pictures and some of the activities that I do, maybe hiking or whatever that may be. And that's just at Drew Tadia on Instagram and then Twitter as well. That's at True Form Life. So we're highly active. We'd love to connect with you. So find us on your social media platform and let us know how you're enjoying our show. So for you moving up and playing at a higher level, how, how did that work? Like in, I played professional sports myself and you go to tryouts. I mean, often you're recruited or you get a phone call says we'd like you to come try out. Is it the same kind of deal? Like I'd imagine your circle might be a bit different. Like, is it, it would, would there be less athletes at your level to pick from, like the pool? You know what I'm saying? Like, is it? Yeah, yeah I get your question, Drew. Um, my my story is probably really out there. Uh, it was actually how when because I was overseas living out in Belgium. Uh, I can't remember how my mom did it. She actually looking looking on Google, whatever um, search engine it might be, to find it, contact details within obviously the UK to be able to contact. So I think she fired off an email to the what is now uh, what is his position now? At, but at the time he was head of British 
British swimming on the Paralympic side. Um, I don't, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it was when within that day or the next day, he was on the phone ringing her up. Oh, can you, can I find out more about your son and things like that? So it kind of um, moved in quite quickly. I think I came back to the UK. Gosh, it would have been the following year to. Um, it might be that summer, I can't remember off the top of my head, for our national champs and was looking out for people and people looking out for me. Uh, and it kind of went from there. Um, I know uh, one of the old head coaches said I did start quite late at from, from a swimming perspective at the age of 11. Okay, I went on to prove that wrong. So, because, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but he dined on, because if we come back, oh, this would have been. Uh, 2002 for the Commonwealth Games when they're over here in Manchester. Uh, my mother did not want to come back to my aunt's house without having spoken to um, at least somebody from the the Welsh setup in in swimming because I don't think my grandmother would have been too pleased. It's like, well, you've you've gone out there, you've gone to gone to see the the event, but you haven't done anything to to put in place. To try to maybe get James on the, 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 how would I put it? The stepping stone towards swimming. So I think my family from that degree has been very much on my, on my side. Gosh, since day one. So they've been very supportive or what, or whatnot to, to kind of get me. Okay. This is what he wants to do. Tools needs to be successful. So you traveled around quite a bit. Where are some of the places that you've been? Uh, well, if we kind of cut, kind of do a long story short, I think I've comp- I've competed on every continent there is. Uh, I've competed in the U.S. for the World Champs in sitting volleyball back in 2010. Uh, I've competed at the Intercontinental comp- um, Cup in Egypt. Uh, Paralympics in Beijing and China. Um, trying to think where else. Obviously, being in Europe, I've competed in a lot of countries there. And then, if it wasn't for 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 sport, I probably wouldn't have travelled as much as much as I have done. Okay, it probably helped living on the continent itself uh, and being from a military, but uh, having a military background with my parents, it was very much easy to go from one country to the next uh when we were, were in, in the, on the installation because that it was a a forces swim league for the kids so i'd be uh one week swimming in belgium the next week's swimming in germany swimming in the so for me traveling was i got it for granted back then whereas as i progressed higher and up a bit up the ladder kind of take Less granted. I probably do. I think because I've got pictures to catalogue. Obviously, those those competitions, the training camps. I can look back on it. I probably at the time I was uh, a little bit less focused on the area or whatnot. Whereas now you're thinking, wow, I've travelled quite a bit. I've been to, gosh, Spain, Italy, uh, Poland. Some countries I thought, well, I never thought I'd probably... Spain and Italy for Brit is probably nothing, but to be able to go there, obviously when it's uh, cold and damp over here in 
November through to obviously March time. It was it was quite nice, and then obviously when I was at university, it was even better because it was you could kind of take a, a break, refresh the mind. Because okay, I don't know. Um, what was it like to like for for someone that has never seen it or been a part of it? How do you how many players would be on a team, or how many would travel? Um, oh gosh, we go sport by sport. Uh, if we go into Roughly. volleyball now, uh, it's very much similar to the standing game. You got six on court, but the 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 actual well, I won't say entourage, but the party that would travel. It would depend on the competition. If we were going abroad, I think it'd be about a team of ten of my, if I can, my recollection. And obviously the support staff that go around it, so head coach, assistant coach, team manager, uh, physio as well. Uh, for swimming, unfortunately, I never had the the privilege of of competing for the country, but that would depend on the competition. It could be, gosh, depend on what it is, the, the prestige of it. Uh, rowing, it is a squad of, gosh, what are they? One, two, four, so say about nine athletes and then the coaches to go with it. And that wouldn't, that would, that's more specifically training camps. And then because rowing is very much the most inclusive sport I've actually ever done, when we're at world champs, it's one team. So it's, they'll compete able-bodied. Uh, and disabled as one team, so God, oof, we're probably talking about probably fifty athletes for that for that team. And then it was weird. The only time that that those the rowing teams actually separate is when it comes down Olympics and Paralympics. And for both, it's quite weird because you train side by side, and then you're at two different uh, regattas. That's the only time. I think they probably got used to it now because we're talking about ten years ago now. So James, we just have to just before we wrap things up. Is there anything that I missed? I, I think I could talk to you for a couple hours about your travels and sport. But um, anything I missed that you wanted to mention about, we'll also give you a chance to talk to our audience about more about where they can find you in, in, in more details in that regard. But anything, any questions or anything specific you wanted to share with our audience here? Um, I can't think, I can't think of anything. No, not, spe- not specifically, no. Okay, I mean it was it's very interesting, and I uh, wish we had more time. It's so much, there's so much going on, so much that you that you got to experience. Why don't you let her? I know you have your own show. Our audience can head over and listen to more stories there, or website that uh, they could find out more details about yourself. The podcast is called Mindset Game Podcast. You can find it on iTunes, uh, Stitcher. What else is there? Uh, Spotify. I think it's on mostly any, every single one. I think the only one that is not on is um, Google Play, and I think that's it. And more information about myself, my website is fitamputee.co.uk. That's F-I-T-A-M-P-U-T-E-E dot C-O.uk. Awesome. Well, we'll link those in the show notes. James, thanks so much. I really appreciate your time coming on and you taking some some time to share your story with us and your experiences. Oh, it's been my pleasure. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. Once again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being a part of our True Form Life community and sticking around till the end. So James has so much going on, so many things, so many places he's been able to travel. 
James and I have our own different type of connection because we both traveled the world. We both played elite sports and we've been able to get a chance to talk to each other and learn more about what it was like to travel in different areas and play in different places. So if you get a chance, check out James' own show and check him out. He's on YouTube. He's on Twitter. He's on a lot of different places. All his contacts are going to be on our show notes as well. And we're going to put his website, his website link up as well. So more details as to what we have going on, or if you ever missed any past shows, you can head over to exploringmindandbody.com. That's where the, all the past shows reside. We also have a free app that you can download on any Apple device. So you can download the show and take you with you, take it with you wherever you go. Might be something you're looking forward to on your long runs or something that you look forward to during one of your gym sessions. So check us out at exploringmindandbody.com. On our own regular website, we have trueformlife.com. This is where we do meal planning, recipes, grocery shopping lists, and at-home workouts. If you want to have a little taste of what we do, you can head over to trueformlife.com slash 10-day fitness challenge. This is going to be 10 days, brand new workouts each day. We send them right to your inbox. We also send nutrition tips as well. So you get a brand new workout each day, no equipment required. Workouts take 20 minutes or less so you can get on, uh, get in, get on with your day and get out. So that's something that we specialize in as well. You can certainly check out more details. Complete Truth Protein is our own plant-based supplement. More details are at trueformlife.com so you can check out more details about our vegan gluten-free product, perfect for smoothies or for gluten-free baking. Once again, thank you so much for being here. We certainly wouldn't be here without your support. That's it. That's all I got. I'm out of here. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia, in health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia, fitness expert. To find out more about the show, Drew Tadia, or to listen to past shows, visit exploringmindandbody.com.